1: I know we talk a lot on this show about irrational fears. If you've listened to almost any of our episodes, you know we bring up fears a lot. We've added ball lightning and shifting sand dunes through some of our episodes and probably a bunch more that I'm forgetting. But these fears we can justify with good reason. I can tell you why shifting sand dunes scare me. They scare me because when I was researching a case, that was a possible theory to explain a disappearance. And being swallowed by a shifting sand dune sounded like a horrific way to go. I can tell you why ball lightning rationally scares me. When Allison painted a picture of experienced hikers running from random balls of lightning that were so fierce, they would pick freezing to death over facing them. I can rationalize being scared of them. But some fears I can't rationalize. I'm scared of moths. Why? I've got no idea. There's just something about a monochromatic butterfly that only comes out at night that has me running past my street lamps at home. But one fear that I have and can somewhat rationally explain is my fear of water. When I was very small, maybe three or four, my mammy had a swimming pool. This pool was a family favorite. I remember all of my cousins splashing and jumping around in the pool. Everyone loved it. My cousin Taylor especially loved the water. She would slide into the pool without a care in the world, and she was the same age as me. I was the same until one day I jumped into the water without my floaties. Those few moments of panic as I struggled to get air were some of the most terrifying I think I've ever experienced. After that day, I hated the pool. In fact, I didn't learn to swim until fourth grade because I hated being in a pool where my feet couldn't touch. Later, my fear extended to not only water, but to ships as well, when my mother thought it was a good idea to let a nine-year-old watch the Titanic. An unsinkable ship splitting in two as hundreds of people either drown or froze to death is still the reason that I have not set foot on a cruise ship and probably won't for a while. In an article published on January first, two thousand fourteen, in Scientific America, called "Why Do We Develop Certain Irrational Phobias?", author Andrew Watt states, "For fear to escalate to irrational levels, a combination of genetic, environmental factors is very likely at play. Estimates of genetic contributions to specific phobias range." From roughly 25 to 65 percent, although we do not know which genes have a leading part. No specific phobia gene has been identified, and it's highly unlikely that a single gene is responsible. Rather, variants in several genes may predispose an individual to developing a number of psychological symptoms and disorders, including specific phobia. He goes on to say As for the environmental concept, a person may develop a phobia after a particularly frightening event, especially if he or she feels out of control. Even witnessing or hearing about a traumatic occurrence can contribute to its development. For instance, watching a devastating airplane crash on the news may trigger a fear of flying. So, I guess our rational fears actually do have rational explanations. What doesn't have a rational explanation is the case we're talking about today. How does an entire ship's crew, captain, and captain's family disappear and their ship remain afloat? Maybe we can get to the bottom of this mystery today. This is the story of an abandoned ship, the Mary Celeste.
2: Welcome to Coffee in Cases, where we like our coffee
1: hot and our cases cold. My name is Allison Williams. And my name is Maggie Dameron. We will be telling stories each week in the hopes that someone out there with any information concerning the case will take those tips to law enforcement so justice and closure can be brought to these families. With each case, we encourage you to continue in the conversation on our Facebook page, Coffee and Cases podcast. And to follow us on Instagram at Coffee Cases Podcast and on TikTok at Coffee and Cases Podcast. Because as these families know, conversation helps to keep their missing family member in the public consciousness, helping to keep their memories alive. So sit back, sip your coffee, and listen to what's brewing this week. All right, Allison, let's hear the countdown for Patreon. Oh
2: my gosh, I'm telling you, I I... My excitement might exceed any of our listeners. I, like, I'm that excited about it. Yes, that is right. So, Towns, our Patreon here at Coffee and Cases will launch in one week.
1: I know. Can you believe that? One week. It's crazy. Yeah. So, on December 16th, we will finally see one of the goals we have for our show, like, come to fruition Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: really one of our like i feel like the goals of our long-term listeners as well our inbox has been flooded with questions about patreon and when it will launch and what that will look like
2: Yes. So, for those of you who've been asking, as soon as Patreon launches on December 16th, you will have immediate access to three mini episodes with two more that will be posted in those last two weeks of December. That's even more content in addition to our weekly episodes to keep you company as you drive, as you wrap gifts, whatever you're going to be doing this holiday season.
1: And just as a reminder, Alice and I are not going to be covering unsolved cases in Patreon because we still want to get those cases out to as many people as possible. So instead, we're going to be discussing cases that are solved. Most of them are crazy. Yes. Um, we'll, <laughs> we will be discussing popular cases, um, personal stories, other topics that will make you laugh, make you feel creeped out, make you feel warm and fuzzy on the inside. So in essence, it's everything you need in one little package. It is exactly. Yes.
2: So mark your calendars for December 16th because you want to be, trust us on this one, Sleuth Hounds, one of the first 100 because that will mean that you get all of the perks of the $8 level for only $5 a month. And for $5, you get a shout out on the show also.
1: Which is worth it, in my opinion. Yes, I agree. So if you're feeling in the mood to give yourself a little gift for getting through the holidays, surviving work, (laughs) just life in general, or you're looking for the perfect gift for a true crime loving friend, go ahead and sign up. And if you want a happy 2022 card from us, sign up for one of the higher tiers and you'll get that along with a discount on merchandise.
2: Yes. And like Maggie mentioned a minute ago, despite all of these new and exciting additions, nothing about our weekly cases will change. Maggie and I will still be here every week on your favorite podcasting app with our cases as normal. Each week, we will continue to bring you the unsolved and the unknown.
1: And speaking of the unknown, let's get into today's case, Allison. Okay.
2: Now you did another missing ship
1: before. I know, and I'm debated on doing this one because I did the USS Cyclops, which that whole ship, right, right, was gone. Yes. You all know the I have a horrible thing. memory, yeah. So this one is a little different. My sleuth hound joined us. Yes, on that one. yeah, we had a, our first Guess celebrity you- guest appearance in the form of Allison Sleuth Hound. <laughs> And so, um, yeah, I debated on doing this one, but I just needed like to kind of spice things up a little bit and like kind of get out of a rut. So I switched genres a little bit to like unexplained weird things that happen in history. Oh, I'm, I'm good with this switch up. Okay, and like Allison mentioned, um, this isn't the first time we've covered something like this on the show. We did the USS Cyclops with um, our little sleuth hound, and then we Mm -hmm. did the Mystery of the Missing Lighthouse Keepers, which was sort of similar to this. And then um, Allison did Diet Love Pass. So um, these have always been, like, this type of topic is one of my favorites to kind of discuss, and, like, Diet Love Pass still to this day is the favorite like my favorite case that we've covered oh yeah a weird saying
2: and remember I did um the two sisters who were like yep the Pollock twins or Pollock sisters yeah so that that was a creepy one too
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and like I don't know just something about like that type of unexplained just really gets my like brain going and it honestly Mm -hmm. is the pick me up I needed so so here we um, are so here we are and today we're talking about the Mary Celeste and like just going into this obviously you know that Allison and I are not captains of a ship or seamen and we're not crew members um we thought a bait and tackle or whatever that was was like <laughs> something right. to do with fishing so it wasn't <laughs> and it wasn't so um, so some of these like the words in here technical like terms. Yeah, yeah technical terms i'm not very familiar with so you know if you're like an experienced boater and you're going to be offended by the fact that i don't know certain things maybe this week's episode <laughs> you just need to fast forward through a little That's bit right get right on past yeah but um the mary celeste was an american like merchant ship and she was discovered adrift and deserted in the atlantic ocean on december 4th 1872 oh so right about now in 1872 yeah Yeah, that's true Hmm. i hadn't even made that connection
2: Mm -hmm. it was
1: faded Mm -hmm. it was written in the stars Mary Celeste um, was built in Spencer's Island, Nova Scotia, and originally she was launched under like the British title of, or name or whatever of Amazon in 1861. Um, she transferred to an American owner um, in 1868, and then she acquired the new name, the Mary Celeste.
2: Mm, must have been a family member or something.
1: I read about why her name was that and for the life of me. I can't remember now, so obviously didn't really so it wasn't that interesting. So, yeah <laughs> i would like to say that all of her trips like were smooth selling but that really wasn't the case according to history.com mary celeste had a like shadowy past she was like mm. not the best little ship out there oh, no um when she was originally christened the amazon she was given a new name after a series of mishaps. Oh. Um, including like the sudden illness and death of like a captain, a collision with another ship in the English Channel. So like oh, wow. she's not the best. So this is kinda like the the
2: family feud curse.
1: Yeah, like I'm feeling like they're wanting to give her a new name, thinking that like that's gonna it change, will change it. her destiny. But it didn't. Hmm. And the mishap we're going to discuss today resulted in the disappearance of a seven-member crew, a captain, and his wife and daughter. Wow. So, on October the 20th, 1872, Captain Briggs, which I think is like the perfect name for a sea captain. Yes, Briggs, it is. Arrived at Pier 50 on the East River in New York City to supervise the loading of the ship's cargo, which was like... About seventeen hundred barrels of denatured alcohol. So, like, I guess industrial alcohol. Oh, so he's. This is more like a. What's what's the
2: alcohol, Captain? Captain Morgan. Captain. Mor- See, that should tell you something. <laughs> well, that tells Captain you Morgan's. So maybe
1: maybe we need a new alcohol brand, Captain Briggs. Captain Briggs. Yep. But uh, he was like a family man, and I did not read why, but was bringing his wife and daughter on board with him when the ship set sail. Which I've, like, if you've watched Pirates of the Caribbean, apparently, like, in that time, it was, like, bad luck for women to be on ships, or that could be totally a lie made up by Disney, because I haven't read that, like, verified anywhere. I I don't even know. But ships are named after women. Right, and Disney... I trust Disney because it's Disney. So I'm going to say that that statement is back. <laughs> we're going but, with it. Yeah. They were set to join him a week later after his wife got like their younger son like set for school. On Sunday, November 3rd, Briggs wrote to his mother like to let her know that they were intending to leave on Tuesday. And in that letter to her, he said, quote, Our vessel is in beautiful trim and I hope we shall have a fine passage, end quote. Oh, no. So, on the 7th of November, the Mary Celeste set sail from New York City with all that industrial strength alcohol stored in these barrels. And like I mentioned, they had seven members to their crew, Captain Briggs, his wife Sarah, and their two-year-old daughter, Sophia. And they were destined for Italy, which I also wish I was destined for Italy.
2: Me too, especially right now. Yes. That sounds phenomenal.
1: A Christmas in Italy sounds amazing. It really does. And several sources I read, it said that the water was, like, not, well, the water, yes, but the weather was concern for the ship as she very first started her journey. Um, And very early on, the weather was so rough that they had to anchor the ship off Staten Island to wait for conditions to fare. Oh, so they didn't
2: make it very far.
1: Yeah, they didn't go very far when they were like, okay, just kidding. Like, let's wait this out a little bit. (laughs) It was noted that Sarah, Captain Briggs' wife, used that delay to send like a final letter to his mother-in-law, like saying we were delayed a little bit, um, but the weather is improving, so we should be leaving here in a few days. And they left within two days of that letter. Um, So the Mary Celeste pulled out of the harbor and into the open sea of the Atlantic. While Mary Celeste prepared to sail, so this is a little bit of background information that comes in to play here in a little bit okay so while mary celeste prepared to sell um, a canadian ship called de gratia was nearby in hoboken new jersey and they were waiting for like this shipment or the cargo of petroleum to be loaded on and they too were headed like in the same direction they are on their way to italy everybody's going to italy but us
2: Right. I know. We're the ones left in the cold. Yes. It's
1: fine. That ship's captain's name was Captain David Morehouse, and he was Nova Scotian. So remember that the Mary Celeste was a Nova Scotian made ship. Yeah. And he was a highly respected seaman. He was like well liked, he knew what he was doing. And he. And Captain Briggs, so the captain of the Mary Celeste, um, obviously shared many common interests. And their fates were going to be tied together more than they probably knew.
2: Oh, my. Yes. well, little cliffhanger there. I'm excited. Yeah, right.
1: um, I actually read that some writers think that, like, they just knew each other casually, like, almost like business acquaintances. Mm-hmm. But some argued that they were close friends. I'm actually stating that the two dined together on the evening before the Mary Celeste's departure.
2: I'm going to say that that's probably true.
1: Yeah, because I feel like there's not going to be like a lot of sea captains in the evening. And who else would understand? Yeah. It's kind of like
2: when teachers are in a room with other teachers. Yeah. They can commiserate. Yeah, you have similar
1: things to talk about.
2: Yeah, they're going to understand... Like, why you get excited about a new ink pen.
1: Yeah, and all the, like, acronyms that you use.
2: Yeah, nobody else does. Right. So, you know.
1: Anthony just kind of, like, nods and goes along with it. But I know, deep down, he has no idea what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) And it was the crew of Captain Morehouse's ship that made a very strange discovery in early December of that same year.
2: So, they're leaving, heading that way, like just, like a, like, a couple of days or yeah. later. Yeah, okay. so, like,
1: just after them. Okay. Nearly a month later, though, on December 5th, the crew of the De Gautia, um spotted the Mary Celeste in the mid-Atlantic. And, like, I feel like, okay, so this is a random little story. But, like, mm-hmm. the times that I've flown, like, I have never looked out of my window on the plane and seen – like us passing another plane, you know, like, not like you would I on the either. car. Yeah. Okay. Well, the last time we flew, when we flew home from Mexico, we did <sighs> like pass. And I'm like, bro, this is a big amount of space. You are way too close to me. If I can clearly <laughs> see you, I can read the number on the side of yeah. your craft. You are too close to me. That's weird that that even happened because I've never... Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they were going, we were going one way, they were going the other. And I was like, yeah, oh. keep on going because you're yeah. too close. Uh, now
2: imagine if you looked over and you didn't see anybody in the windows. Yeah, I would be like, thank God you're going
1: the other way. <laughs> Just keep on going the way we're going. <laughs> That's right. But they're, so like uh, Captain Morehouse and his um, people are, you know, on their ship and they look out and they see the mary celeste just like floating in the atlantic and i told my airplane story because i feel like yeah it would be similar like i wouldn't expect to be on a ship and like look over and you're in the middle of the atlantic ocean and see another ship like I right think that's, i mean i don't know because i've never been on one but one well, especially
2: weird. if they left like way Days before apart. this ship then they should be like well they should already be there this is weird
1: Yes, and they were about a thousand miles west of Portugal, and um, Morehouse, like, immediately obviously recognizes the Mary Celeste. I mean, Mm -hmm. they were, like, right at the same port just eight days before his own departure is when the Mary Celeste left. He knew the captain, and so obviously he's like, this is kind of weird, like, This Hmm. ship is just drifting at sea. So, and I mean, maybe they weren't close. Maybe they're using like one of those things. What are they called that you hold up? uh, uh, Periscope? Yeah, I almost called it a telescope, but I don't think that's what it is.
2: Periscope.
1: Um, So maybe they were doing that, and it was kind of further along or away. But he's concerned, so he changes course and launches a boarding party to check on the Mary Celeste crew and passengers. Because, like, the ship was kind of acting, like, erratic, the sails were weird, and he just knew that something was wrong. Hmm. Like, again, I don't know a lot about ships, but I feel like if I was a captain in 1872... Right. Yes. 1872. Yeah. And like I saw these men, I picture them in a rowboat and they're rowing towards me from their ship. And like mm-hmm. we were fine. I would like send some type of signal and be like, we're fine. Like you're wasting energy. You're burning right. calories. You don't need to burn. Turn around. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's way well, too much of a workout. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There are you know. no. There yeah. are no Krispy Kremes on board. You are doing this for, for <laughs> nothing. It's not worth it. Go yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> Not worth it. Turn around. <laughs> but he didn't, they didn't receive any signal. So they keep going. Um, and when the captain looked, he couldn't see anyone on deck. Again, very strange. If you were like mm-hmm. working with a, a ship, ship and sailing yeah. it, you would be on deck. And um, the sails were only partly set. Most of them were in very poor condition. Some were missing altogether. Ropes oh. were hanging loosely over the sides. And the shipmates were sure that they had stumbled upon disaster.
2: I mean, that's what I would think, too. And again, like, at least we know this probably happened, like, if they were eight days behind the Mary Celeste, like, roughly eight days ago.
1: Right. So it's not like a huge amount of time.
2: Which means, like, I'm sure you could be thinking, even if you saw tattered sails or whatever, that... You know, maybe the people, obviously the people would still be alive. They have food on the ship.
1: Yeah, they had six months worth of food provisions on there.
2: Yeah, and they're only eight days, you know, behind. So, and I know they've been on the water, I guess, a month. Because you said nearly a month later is when the other Mm -hmm. ship caught up to them. And they were eight days behind the Mary Celeste. So they should still have plenty of food.
1: Which I guess I forget, like how slow ships traveled at this time
2: Mm
1: -hmm. i'm like why would you have six months of food on there but like i forgot that it was like a longer journey than it would be right now the crew approached the ship not knowing really what to think um so i'm you know like was the crew all dead like had they been attacked like what was going on but when they boarded Mm -hmm. the mary celeste most things were in perfect order. Mm. Like the main hatch was secure. A few of the smaller hatches were open, like with their covers discarded on the deck. But like the crew's clothes were neatly packed away. Their That's rooms weird. were in somewhat like an okay order, but yet no people were seen anywhere.
2: That's weird. Because you'd think like, okay... If something happened, like, let's say they went through a storm, something happened to the ship, right? They can't go anywhere because the sails are torn or whatever. Even if somebody was passing by, well, you wouldn't think it, they were attacked because then you would think things would be in disarray. So then yeah. you're like, okay, maybe some kind passerby ship, you know, came by. But then you think they'd take their clothes. Weird.
1: Strangely, Allison, the ship's single lifeboat was also missing. So like the ship is fine, but the lifeboat's gone. So then I feel like you're left to guess that they left the ship on the lifeboat. Hmm. But why?
2: But and again, why not take well, I guess there's limited space on a lifeboat, so then maybe you wouldn't take your clothes.
1: Yeah, that's true. But I feel like well, I'll get there. I'll okay. get there. Okay. So one weird thing was that the ship's compass had shifted and the glass cover was broken. So maybe there was like a storm of some sort. Mm. There was about three and a half feet of water in the hold. So like the part of the ship that's actually like underwater, there was about three and a half feet of water under there. Mm -hmm. Um, Which... Seems like a significant amount, but it wasn't necessarily alarming for the size of ship. I would be freaking out if there was water aboard the ship that I was on. Yeah, I would too. But Again, I'm not an experienced salesman, so maybe it is (laughs) fine. According to one source I read, it appeared that a makeshift sounding rod, like the device used for measuring the amount of water in the hold, was found abandoned on the deck, so... Is it possible they thought that the ship was sinking?
0: Um, Maybe.
2: But you think, again, if he's like this experienced captain, then you'd think he
1: would be like, mm, uh, three and a half feet. We're fine. We're fine. We get the buckets. We'll throw it overboard. Yeah. They hmm. did have a little bit of luck, though. The ship's logbook was found on board. Um, so, like the record that Captain Briggs would have been keeping, and mm-hmm. they were eager to see exactly like what had happened. Um they thought that a more detailed record would be kept in the book. But when they opened it up, the last entry was dated november twenty fifth. And remember that we f- discovered the ship on November fifth
2: on December 5th? Or December fifth, yeah, so this is like ten days later.
1: Right. And in an article I read on History.com, it stated that the last entry in the ship's log was made that morning, so the morning of the 25th, and Mary Celeste was inside of Azores Island of Santa Maria, so some 500 miles from where the Cartier would have found it nine days later. So, like, we're a little off track. We're hmm. off course. So, like, they're saying that, you know, Morehouse's crew finds the ship, like, that eight or nine days or whatever after, and it should have been, like, in a different location than where it's at. Right. So, basically, I guess, how long has this baby been just, like, drifting Glowing. on its own? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was noted that the cabin's interiors were wet and untidy from water that had entered through doorways and skylights, but like it was otherwise in rather reasonable order. The men aboard the Mary Celeste that came from a Morehouse's a ship found personal items scattered through Captain Briggs' cabin. So, like things it would be weird to leave behind, like his sword was under the bed and still mm. in the like sheath. Hmm. Strangely, though, most of the ship's papers were missing, along with the captain's navigational instruments. So, like, again, kind of pointing to the fact, did they get on the lifeboat and they needed these navigational right. instruments to try to figure out where they were?
2: I feel like he would have taken his weapon with them, though.
1: Right. Why would you leave the sword? Yeah. Galley equipment, so the kitchen equipment was like neatly sewed away. There wasn't really any sign of food preparation. There were ample provisions in the like food stores. In fact, I read that there was that six months of six months supply of food, and the food supply had barely been touched like, not enough to be like to December the 5th. So, I mean, because you said earlier, they've already been
2: on this ship for like a month. So, basically, they get on there and like, it's like a week's worth of food is gone in a month. Mm -hmm. Hmm. That's weird.
1: So, in one article that I read, or one source I read, sorry, called Mary Celeste, The Greatest Mystery of the Sea, it says there was no obvious signs of like a fire or violence um, the evidence indicated, like they left the ship willingly by that missing lifeboat. Upon first inspection,
2: we mm-hmm. shall say. Yet it At- still makes no sense.
1: Right? Why would they leave? And that's kind of what we're gonna hmm. talk about. Okay. So after the crewmates returned to the De Gratia, Captain Morehouse decided that, like, he would split his crew. And half would go with the Mary Celeste, and half would stay with him, and they would bring both ships to port. Okay. Remember, because his, like the Mary Celeste, is filled with alcohol. Mm-hmm. His was and like his
2: has petroleum.
1: Yes. yes, and so you know, if he brings in this ship with all this alcohol in it, he should get the commission. Oh heck, yeah! For bringing that, like for making the safe delivery or whatever.
2: And if they're friends. Maybe he planned on saying, like, hey, I took this ship in for you. Right. But here's the thing, though. If the ship is still, I almost said crewable, that's not even a word. <laughs> but if the ship is still sailable because yeah. Morehouse is putting half of his crew on it, well, then that means that Briggs could have captained it to the port. And yet he didn't.
1: Right. And there are hmm. several theories why, and we'll talk about a lot of them. Okay. So, in the same source above, The Mary Celeste, The Greatest Mystery of the Sea, the author would go on to write that the weather was relatively calm for most of the trip, like, from Discovery to Delivery. Um, but because each ship was seriously under-crewed, progress was slow, and... Um, Morehouse's ship arrived to port on December 12th. The Mary Celeste encountered fog and arrived like the following morning. So they made slower progress than normal, but they still end up where they need to be. When Mary Celeste gets into port, she is immediately impounded by the vice. And this like, this is like so much over my, like I feel like I'm out of my wheelhouse, but no. she was impounded. Like you would impound a car hmm. um, to prepare for like a salvage hearing. Right. So because she it arrived. is kind of like
2: a car. They're yeah, like, mm, this is. You're not the done-zo. owner. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like, why are you, why are you bringing in like a shipment that you're not supposed to have? And so hmm. they want to figure out. Like, they want to get to the bottom of this. Mm -hmm. One crew member aboard the Mary Celeste would write to his wife about, like, his time on the ship. And in that letter, he said, quote, I can hardly tell what I'm made of, but I don't care as long as I go in safe. I shall be well paid for the Mary Celeste, end quote. What the heck's that
2: mean? I don't know what I'm made of.
1: I don't know, like, if that means, like, this has been really hard, but it's worth it because I'm going to get paid. So being on this ship made him nervous. I mean, it would me too. Where the heck are yeah, all the people?
2: I mean, yeah.
1: Um, and like from what I read, there was like a pretty long hearing. Um, the Morehouse was not given like the payment for the delivery of the alcohol right away. They eventually would, but not before like many theories were developed and investigated over the fates of those on board, because um. Like, they were interested to know the fate of those on board before they paid for the goods.
2: Oh, like, we want to make sure, like, you didn't board the ship, yeah, kill I, all the people, and now you're like, hey, look at this ship I found.
1: Yeah, give me the money. Right. According to the Smithsonian Magazine, the day Gratia crewmen sailed the ship some 1-800 miles, where the British vice admiralty court convened like the salvage hearing like i mentioned which was usually just limited to determining whether the salvagers so like in this case morrison's crew were entitled for payment so like that's the purpose of that hearing but the attorney general in charge of the inquiry his name was frederick solly flood suspected flood yes very (laughs) 1872 yes (laughs) <laughs> expected mischief and, like, decided he wanted to investigate. And for more than th- mm. three months, that's what happened. Um, but the court found really no evidence, and they eventually did give Morehouse's crew, like, a payment. They only paid one-sixth of the 46000 for which the ship and its cargo would have been insured. So, like, I think they weren't fully convinced mm. that they were innocent. So they're like,
2: we can't prove you're guilty, but we also don't think you're innocent. So right. So we'll pay you a six. little. Yeah. Which, I mean, gosh. So it was originally $46,000. I mean, that's a lot, especially back then. Yeah. And
1: 1870, that's a lot of, that's yeah. a lot of money now. Uh, yeah. I take it. So there are um, lots of theories. Okay, We're actually going to talk about seven. Some of them, I say oh, seven, okay. but some of them are like really brief. Okay. Um obviously some of them longer. So the first one is one of our longer theories and it is like mutiny. There's mutiny oh. A foot Oh my. Yes. So apparently some believed that there were blood stains on like some of the wood in the ship. Mm. And they think that basically the crew some of the, the crew got drunk right and there was mm-hmm. some kind of mutinous act this was investigated by flood so the guy we talked about earlier flood hmm And according to yesterday.com, like I said, initial checks of the ship found strange marks that um, some believed were caused by an axe, along with traces of what some believed to be blood. So weird. The attorney general leading the inquiry on the ship's payment fixated on the idea that the members of the crew had gotten violently drunk on that alcohol that was on board, which if that is like industrial Mm, strength alcohol, like you can go blind from that. Don't yeah. do that. And then, like, massacred everyone on board, threw them over oh. sh- overboard, and oh then my. left on the lifeboat. But like, for what purpose? Yeah. So like, the sword had been left in the captain's quarters, still like in its little cover.
2: Yeah, you'd think if people started to get rowdy, he would have been like,
1: "Hey, buddy," and pulled out Raven, that sword yeah. and been like try again yeah. and didn't they wear those like people would have a cell phone in their back pocket like they were just i mean
2: that's what i picture
1: yeah i don't I'm, know if again, that's true right but and in my Disney. mind yeah pirates of the caribbean which wasn't right. this time period but that's what i'm thinking about yeah um so they're thinking that you know maybe this happened and that's where everybody went Reports, you know, there were reports of bad weather, you know, the water was on board, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but could we kind of say maybe those places were caused by when she literally ran into another boat? Like, would that not cause damage that perhaps looked like axe marks on the boat? Mm. I don't know. It's not like she's brand new. Like, she's going to have some wear and tear. She's wood. Right. Um, They also thought that there were stains on one of the ship's rails that could have been blood. But all these findings only seem to support, like, this initial thinking of mutiny. Um, And on January 22nd, 1873, Flood sent reports to, like, the Board of Trade in London, adding his own conclusions that the crew basically got shammered and murdered the Briggs family and the ship's officers like in a drunken frenzy and left on the lifeboat
2: like ashamed of what they did like oh my gosh what have we just done leave on the lifeboat but again
1: because you didn't take anything so like what's the purpose
2: (sighs) yeah and if this alcohol is worth so much money first of all I I don't be like he
1: fell overboard I take yeah, over I, and then yeah, delivering this. Again. Yeah. So you get the money
2: or something. Yeah. Like plus I feel like if you I feel like these crew members would have had to have gone through like some kind of like vetting process. I mean, I know there's like all these theories about like the sailors being like the, you know, rowdy bunch. But I feel like when you've got precious cargo on board, I don't think a captain would be okay with them drinking some of the profit in the first place right
1: yeah exactly
2: unless he didn't know i guess
1: sure i guess they could have like not made it known hmm so, speaking of alcohol, that is going to be theory number two. So, in one article I read called The Decks of the Mary Celeste, December 1872, the authors, because it was co-written, state that another credible theory centers on the ship's dangerous cargo, right? Because alcohol, obviously, industrial-strength alcohol can be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Explosive. So when Yes, exactly. And when investigators unloaded the, like, 1,700 barrels of alcohol from the hold, none of those turned out to be empty. Hmm. Now, I did work at Buffalo Trace, which is, like, the home of Kentucky bourbon, for a little mm-hmm. bit, so I feel like I know a little bit about barrels. Um, yeah. But... Th- They had some white oak barrels and they had some red oak barrels. Red oak barrels are more porous. So it allows the vapors to escape more than what like a white oak barrel would, which is what you age bourbon in. Um, So they're thinking that maybe some of the alcohol like evaporated and like smelling this gas and like a possible explosion below deck that captain briggs like tells everybody to abandon ship
2: oh like before there's a huge explosion or yeah something.
1: yeah but i feel like there would have been
2: evidence of an explosion like i feel like they would have seen charred wood because the ship is made out of wood
1: right or like could like that dissipate like the vapors dissipate and no explosion happened but they like couldn't get back to the ship Oh, I don't know. Or they were too far away from the ship. I don't mm. know. So, so, like, if this is the case, then, like, we could easily say that they either starved, their lifeboat flipped over in a storm, and they all drowned. You know, because they, they would easily, could have easily been pushed off course if you're in the little lifeboat. Right. Hence the no people found alive. Mm-hmm. Theory three, and we have to talk about it because it's us and because it was in a lot of what I read. Some people do believe that Captain Briggs and the rest of the people aboard the Mary Celeste were abducted by aliens.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So you all know that. I feel like the aliens would have been like, what is this alcohol stuff? I
1: kind of like this, digging it. I feel like they would have probably been like who are these weird creatures we stumbled upon I'm going right. back home <laughs> yeah I mean like if you all are a long time listener you know that we love a good supernatural theory we love talking about Bigfoot and yes what, oh, yeah. what was her name Yobo Gaga or whatever oh. what was her name oh oh shoot Baba Yaga Baba Yaga that's what it yeah, was yeah we got there together <laughs> yes we did we
2: eventually um, made
1: it So, why would we not talk about aliens? Right. (laughs) So, according to one article that I read that listed, like, five-ish theories, it says, quote, this is probably partly down to the idea many people have of the Mary Celeste being in an eerily pristine condition, end quote. So, they're saying, like, you know, the ship is still sellable. There's ample food that hasn't been touched everything's in working order like something had to happen that just like sucked these pe- these people out of thin air and i guess they land on aliens
2: but then like if aliens pulled them up then did the aliens were they like pause we need a cover-up Let's move the lifeboat. <laughs>
1: Let's take, or were or they like, <laughs> we're on a big thing that is floating in the water. What does this little thing do? Right. Let's yeah. see. Yeah. Or No, they I, just... do,
2: I do think it's weird, because I mentioned it earlier, that the ship is still sailable and was left with all the food provisions, the weapon,
1: mm-hmm. and stuff like
2: that. I do agree. Aliens, though, that's a little...
1: a little too far for me (laughs) yeah so the next one that we're going to talk about kind of has like a bunch of theories in one um but it was that something natural happened like a natural phenomenon so could the sea itself be behind this mystery is it possible that the fate of our crew and family was like completely at the hands of mother nature in some type of strange occurrence in nature
2: Okay, like what?
1: The one person said that because that like makeshift sounding rod that checked like the water height suggested that Briggs abandoned ship after like he thought that the ship was sinking, like a false reading. Mm. Because there was apparently like a malfunction in some pumps. And this gave the false impression that the vessel was taking on water rapidly when it really wasn't. Oh. So, like, did he panic and say, like, abandon ship without really thoroughly investigating? Because I feel like if your kid's on there and your wife, you're going to be, like, trigger-happy to abandon ship if you think anything is going to be wrong that would, like, maybe hurt them.
2: That's true.
1: So, maybe?
2: I'm going to give that one a maybe.
1: Yeah. So, another... um. One of these, like, natural phenomenons was a displaced iceberg, which gives me flash PTSD flashbacks to the Titanic. Titanic. You talked about it in the intro. I mean, like, I can watch that movie, like, every, like, seven years or something. It's not, like, a movie I would want to watch on the regular. (laughs) But I still fast forward through a lot of parts of it. Like, mainly... So our young sleuth hounds, when we first watched the Titanic, it came on two VHS, which is similar to um, like a DVD or Blu-ray, except you put it in and they were bigger and they had like these films in them and they only held a certain amount of content. So the Titanic is a long movie and it had to come with two. <laughs> So when I say I would only watch the first half for a long time, that is the like oh. the first up, the first VHS tape. Yes, the first VHS tape. So up until the love scene, like after that, it's just pretty much all downhill because people start to die. But anyways, I digress. One possibility is a displaced iceberg. So like, could this explain the like gashes in the wood that Makes sense. were like maybe axe related but really it was ice um but like how far would just, this
2: iceberg have to be displaced
1: right good for, question or how I mean, far off course portugal, would they had to have been yeah
2: and i think of portugal I mean, like warming warm. beaches
1: yeah but maybe global warming and it wasn't that back in
2: 1872
1: maybe not i mean I i'm don't googling know. it it's also December, so it would be colder. I mean, true. But, like, I'm just thinking, like, Titanic. And I feel like anytime time you hit an iceberg, like, you're going down. So, like, how yeah. is this ship still sellable if you hit an iceberg?
2: And most of an iceberg we know is underwater. So you would think it wouldn't right. just be a few gashes on the top. You'd think right. it would be. It would rip a hole in the side of your ship. Now, I don't know about the 1800s, but Portugal today in December is around 60 degrees Fahrenheit, 15 degrees Celsius.
1: What would the water temperature be?
2: No, that I don't know. And even at nighttime, it only falls to about 45 degrees Fahrenheit, 8 degrees Celsius.
1: That sounds lovely. I know. It's 20 degrees Fahrenheit here today, Mm -hmm. sleuth Yeah. So, there's that possibility, which I completely... Yeah,
2: I'm not I'm not big on the iceberg one.
1: Another one is a quake or an okay. earthquake at sea. Huh. Okay. Which and then I think of like tsunami, but maybe I'm wrong because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not a quake expert. But this could have caused sufficient turbulence on the surface to damage parts of the Mary Celeste cargo. Um, You know, it could have released those fumes on board, raising fear of, like, an imminent explosion, which told Briggs to get everybody into the lifeboat. It could explain the displaced hatches that the inspection crew found. Like, maybe they were attempting to air out the, like, area where the barrels were being stored. Mm Mm-hmm. So, see, I'm kind of feeling sea quake. Yeah, makes like sense. that one, that one makes a lot of sense. But I guess I just keep going back to like, where are the people?
2: Well, like, unless, yeah, unless I mean, they, they starved they, or fell overboard or were. Right, because they eaten were on this lifeboat. Or whatever. For, yeah, for like <sighs> potentially eight to 10 days. And I just don't think you would last that long in the open sea. That's true.
1: Um, the last natural well, sort of last natural phenomenon we're gonna talk about is a water sprout, which is basically a tornado at sea, which is terrifying. Mm. There like a are, tornado little... made up of how's that yeah. work?
2: So it like sucks up all the water around it and like
1: I guess. So there you'd be on your cruise ship and you would be like Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz, but I don't think you're gonna land in Kansas. You're probably gonna be in the Bermuda Triangle with the USS yep. Cyclops and then you're going to Earhart yep. and you're no going hope. down. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. According to one source that I read on this site called Mental Floss, it said, quote, Today, there are few prevailing theories about what really happened to the crew of the Mary Celeste. Some historians now believe that the ship hit a water sprout, a tornado at sea, that caused the ship to take on water. Although the Mary Celeste was still seaworthy, Captain Briggs may have panicked and abandoned the ship, only to have the lifeboat sink in the storm, end quote. Which makes sense to me. Okay. I buy it in part, okay. and there's
2: the word I was trying to think of earlier: seaworthy. When I said, <laughs> when I say crewable or something, crewable, like <laughs> yeah. But here's the only thing that doesn't make sense to me about that theory, and it's that very last thing that you said: that some of these historians think that he could have panicked and abandoned the ship, only to have the lifeboat sink in the storm. Like, but the actual me, ship
1: wouldn't sink.
2: Yeah, like I, I'm not going to, if there's a tornado, leave my house to go outside covered by an umbrella. Right. Like that's my analogy, because I feel like if there's a horrific storm, like a tornado at sea, I'm not going to take my chances in a little lifeboat. I'm going to take my chances in the big boat.
1: Right. That would be like leaving your house during a tornado to go to your pool house. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. That's true. True. Mm. So the theory five, which could kind of um, help us with the sea tornado thing a little, is that it was just a storm. So a violent storm occurs. The waters become really rough. Um, like, so we know that. That is impossible because the like she had to wait a few days to leave harbor because of a bad storm. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of water found on board. So could a storm kind of be responsible for that? Could everybody have been thrown overboard like lifeboat included? And that's why the like ropes are hanging over and the cells are weird. And like there's some evidence of damage. Like could it have all just been because of this big storm?
2: You know, now I'm, okay, as you were talking about that theory, I was thinking back to all the natural theories like this one, and I was thinking, you know, of all the theories I've heard so far, I would probably say the sea quake, Uh you know, but then I started thinking back to the description of the boat, and how everything is in order, and even crew members' clothes are like oh my stacked.
1: god i forgot about yeah if you're being tossed around by waves yeah. you're they'd be everywhere, everywhere. Mm. okay so discredited. Now
2: everything is just thrown out the window Yeah,
1: discredited <laughs> okay so then i feel like every time i've been like okay this one really makes sense but then we talk <laughs> ourselves out of it all right so theory number six is that the de gratia crew are to blame so they maybe see the Mary Celeste in their little eye thing that they're looking out of. What would you say that was called? Periscope. Yes. And Captain Morehouse knows that Captain Briggs has all this valuable alcohol. Right now, sleuth in my room. I'm literally looking through my periscope hands as I'm telling this story. Because <laughs> it gets me into character. Okay, okay I'll do it too. Okay. <laughs> okay. It helps. So he's looking through his little scope and he sees the Mary Celeste on the horizon. And he Mm. thinks, aha, I know that they have (laughs) a lot of alcohol. And now I'm pointing like I would be like a captain. I know they have a lot of alcohol on board and that's worth a lot of money. So we are going to board their ship, kill everybody on board, take over their ship And bring it to port and say, we found it abandoned and drifting in the sea. Because his crew was bigger than the crew on Briggs' ship. So, overthrowing them wouldn't have been impossible. True.
2: But, you know I like to play devil's advocate. Uh Uh-huh. I guess it's just who I am. (laughs) So, first of all, I think it'd be really hard for them to kill a kid. But maybe not. But here's my big hang-up with this theory. I'm not going to deny the fact that the alcohol is worth a lot of money. I'm not going to deny the fact that, you know, maybe they were capable of killing all these people. But what we can't change are the dates when we know that these ships left the harbor. And if the De Gratia crew left the harbor, like, over a week after the mary celeste then they'd have to make up a lot of ground in order to catch up with the mary celeste in order to overtake it to pretend like all of this was just some horrific accident
1: unless because maybe the mary celeste encountered more bad weather and it delayed them because remember she got delayed even just a day because of fog
2: Mm. So maybe your theory is maybe they did get delayed, but that's a lot of days of delay. But I'll set aside my my uh what's the word I'm looking for? Disbelief for yeah. a second. And so you're basically saying, and I, I get how this could work, like if they did get delayed, then maybe, you know, Morehouse shows up and he's like. Hey, come on board. We'll give you guys dinner. You know, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> tell us what's happened. They get them on the lifeboat. The lifeboat comes to the De Gratia boat, right? For them to board.
1: But and I then don't they think that they could all leave the ship, though, because then who is like, oh, uh, yeah, it's not like
2: it's anchored somewhere.
1: Right. I feel like we're getting really like, yeah,
2: we're too hypothetical. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not Um, buying that one either. (laughs) And the last theory, and I see lots of, like, flaws with this one, too, is pirates. So, there were pirates in the area at the time. So, some people think that maybe pirates took over the ship, like, climbed aboard, killed everybody, threw them overboard. But, like, for what purpose? They left everything of value on the ship.
2: Mm, Yeah, when they could have made money on the alcohol.
1: Right, so, what's the purpose there?
2: Yeah, let's kill them all and then,
1: okay, well, yeah, let's leave now. Yeah, like, did they just need to quench their thirst for blood?
2: I don't know what to think. I know. Like, not a single one of these theories explains everything.
1: So maybe they were abducted by aliens. Maybe they were. There's just something about the ocean that haunts some of us. How can something so beautiful also be so deadly? How can the place we vacation be responsible for so many deaths? I think back to the summer, my husband and brother-in-law nearly drowned. There's not a single scenario or theory revolving around the Mary Celeste and possibly drowning or being thrown overboard or being killed by pirates. That does not scare me. Whether it's aliens or ocean tornadoes, all sound terrifying. While we likely will never know what happened to the people aboard the Mary Celeste because too much time has passed, we can always remember them and the haunting legacy they left behind. Again, please like and join us on our Facebook page, Coffee and Cases Podcast, to continue the conversation and to see images related to this episode. As always, follow us on Instagram at Coffee Cases Podcast and on TikTok at Coffee and Cases Podcast. Or you can always email us suggestions to coffee and cases Podcast at gmail.com. Please tell your friends about our podcast so that more people can be reached to possibly help bring some closure to these families. Don't forget to rate our show and leave us a comment as well. We hope to hear from you soon. Stay together. Stay safe. We'll, we'll see, see you, you next week. week.